Now may we all turn in the book of Deuteronomy, if you will please, to the fifth chapter. And beginning with verse 29, Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Go say to them, Get you into your tents again. But as for thee, stand thou here before me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments, and the statutes, and the judgments, which thou shalt teach them, that they may do them in the land which I give them to possess it. Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live and that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. Beloved, I've been preaching to you from Moses in the book of Deuteronomy since I came back from Korea in the last of November. And then I've carried this ministry to India where I preached on it while I was in the great conference there in Kerala. And I carried it with me as I went on over into Africa and in the two conferences that we spoke in, in Nairobi and in Kisumu, I also spoke from Deuteronomy. And somehow or other, I must confess that as I get into the book, I think I could preach on it the rest of my life. It's just full of the richest of the truth of God. And I sought to show you in my exposition of Moses that there is no difference between the faith of Moses and our faith today. I have sought to show you that Moses was saved by looking forward to the coming of Christ, while we are saved by looking back to the historical event when he did come. And that Moses' relationship to God and to the church of Jesus Christ, because he was a leader of the church which was in the wilderness, is the same as ours today. Moses was saved by faith. And when you turn to the great chapter on the heroes of the faith, there's more about Moses' victory over faith than any other of the heroes that are mentioned. Moses was called a man of God. Moses was a man who spoke face to face unto the Lord. Now in this text which we have from this fifth chapter of Deuteronomy. We have first the obligation which was placed upon Moses, and second, the obligation that was placed upon the people to whom Moses ministered. 
And as far as I can see, the obligation was the same. Moses was to be an obedient servant. And the entire congregation was to be an obedient congregation. And before I develop what God told Moses, and then turn and develop what Moses told the people, I think that perhaps we ought to simplify the entire situation in which we find ourselves, and it can be very, very easily simplified. One thing about the Christian faith, you can't simplify it too much. It's the easiest, simplest thing to understand. First, you're born into the kingdom by faith. By faith. And you become a child of God by faith. No other way, no other approach, no other message, just by faith. And furthermore, it's the same faith. Everybody has to have that faith. And that faith is a gift to them from God. We don't get it from ourselves. It doesn't come out of any inheritance doesn't come from anything that we possess. It is a gift of the Spirit of God to us. We believe, and it's the same faith in everybody's heart. It comes from the same source. It has the same identical power. And we are a people who have been born into the kingdom of God by faith. Well, then after you reach that state and reach that position, and we've all reached it to have been saved, there's nothing left for us to do but then proceed to serve the Lord. Very simple. We just serve him. And the way we serve him is not according to our ideas. The way we serve him is not according to the way we'd like to do it. We serve him the way he wants us to serve him. And he has therefore laid upon us and set before us his commandments for us to follow. And we sing that good old hymn, Trust and Obey. Well, that's it. You're saved by faith, and the Christian life is a life of simply doing what the Lord has told us to do. In fact, that's the entire Christian life. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, you will follow me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he that loveth me not, keepeth not my commandments. And you can measure your devotion to Christ by your obedience to Him. Now, as I read this text from this early part of Deuteronomy today, we have first what God had to say to Moses. And when you read the entire record of Moses' ministry, we find, and God spake unto Moses. And then Moses did it. God commanded Moses to speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses did it. God commanded Moses to hold up his rod. Moses held up his rod. The Red Sea divided. God commanded Moses to go down and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses' entire ministry, and you can check it out, if you will, from beginning to end, from the day that Moses listened to the Lord in the burning bush, the entire life of Moses was a life of obedience. And there's one incident in that life of his. When they called for water, 
and he struck the rock and gave him water in his own name, and Moses paid the greatest penalty of his life for it, because when he assumed or presumed to put his name above the name of the Lord in this matter of providing water for the people, God says, Moses, because of that, ye shall not cross over John. And this whole matter of obedience is the primary consideration that is set before the people of God. Now, if you'll notice in this text of ours, verse 31, But as for thee, Moses, stand thou here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which thou shalt teach them. God says, Moses, you stay here by me. You stay close to me. And I'm going to lay before you all of these things. Everything that I have desired. I'm going to lay it before you, and then you are to get up and lay it before the people. And you're not to turn to the right or to the left. You're simply to lay before the people all the things that I have said unto you. My beloved, I'm the pastor of this church. I've been ministering to this congregation these many years as we've traveled together. And I can tell you that it is my duty under God to see what God has given us in His Word and then come here and preach it to you. It's my task and my responsibility to search out the Scriptures and understand these Scriptures and then arise in this pulpit and in the name of our blessed Lord and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit to present to you all that God has revealed to us in this blessed book. Now, what's so nice about it, so far as you and I are concerned in this day, is that we have it all in this one book. And we don't have to start looking for it out here in history or in nature or in uh, the crises of the struggle of the revolution. We find it all in the book. And you are in a position to test what I say from this pulpit by what you read in the book. And the Christians in Berea were more noble because they did search the Scriptures daily, testing whether the things which the Apostle Paul had said unto them were true or not. And the strength of a congregation is that that congregation arises and rises and rises and comes up and up and up to the level and to the place where the words are to be found and where the pastor and where the preacher is presenting these blessed words unto the members of the congregation that they might know the commandments of our God. And God said, Moses, you come aside with me, and I'm going to present unto you all the judgments and all the commandments and all the statutes. And when I've revealed these things unto you, and I put them in your hands, then you go before that congregation, and you teach it to them. And you teach it to them, even if their necks are stiff. 
You give them the message which I have presented unto you that you might give it into their ears and that it might come into their hearts and that the Spirit of God then might move in their midst to make out of them the people of grace and the people who will grow in the knowledge of the truth and grow in their Christian experience and their testimony to Jesus Christ. So that was Moses' responsibility. Now, beloved, we have come to this period of the year in our ministry, which we call the month of February, and it's the month of our stewardship. And I believe that there's only one reason that our church is the great missionary church that it is, with over half of all our money going to missions. I believe the reason our church has grown, and so many, many of you people have become faithful tithers, and you bring of your substance into the house of God, I believe that the reason for that is that I have stood in this pulpit, and by the grace of God, I faithfully held up before you these great standards of the Word of God and the commandments which are here for our admonition and for our blessing. And as these matters have been held before us in the ministry of the church, you people under the Spirit of God have come up and up and up and up, and the Lord has worked in your hearts in order that you might obey Him and might please Him in your stewardship and in your giving. We are a giving church. We are a tithing church. We are a missionary church. We are a church that's involved in the great issues of our day. We are a church that is evangelizing and is sending out the word. We are a church that is seeking to build itself and to continue its ministry on the basis of what God has revealed in his word and what God commanded to Moses. I think the trouble with most of our churches is the preacher. Of course, the preacher can blame the people, and the people can blame the preacher. That always goes on, on every hand. But I'm standing in the pulpit today and telling you that our churches are in the mess they're in because the preachers are in the mess they're in. And we're in the troubles that we're day because we do not have men who will stand in this pulpit and God says, you come with me. And then I will show you the statutes and the commandments. And you take these things and you present them to the people. And men are afraid to present them to the people. They're afraid to do it. They don't want to do it. They hesitate to do it. Beloved, it's not for me to decide what you need. It's for me to present what God teaches. God knows what you need. I don't know what you need. I'd be helpless. Only God knows what you need. He knows your heart. He knows your condition. He gave you your faith. He provides you the grace that you need to serve Him. Only God can do this for you. And all I can do is stand here like Moses did and simply deliver unto you clean and clear and direct these statutes and these blessed commandments which we have in this book. Well, in the second place, God said, Moses, ye tell them now that they shall observe to do 
as the Lord your God hath commanded you. And ye shall walk in all of the ways which the Lord thy God hath commanded you. Now would you take your Bibles and turn over to the book of Deuteronomy, please? Turn over to the fourth chapter and the fifth chapter and the sixth chapter and the eighth chapter. I want to go through some of these chapters with you for just a moment. And I want you to notice this tremendous emphasis that's in this ministry of Moses. Notice verse 2 of chapter 4. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you. And then will you turn down to the 39th verse of this fourth chapter, down toward the very end of the fourth chapter. Know therefore this day, and consider it in thine heart, that the Lord, he is God in heaven above, and upon the earth beneath there is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee, and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. And then turning over, please, if you will, to this fifth chapter. There's a whole great section here in this, this fifth chapter that deals with the Lord's commandments at Horeb, and you have a record of the Ten Commandments. The record of the Ten Commandments delivered by God to Moses at Sinai. And in verse 22 we read, these words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness with a great voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them in two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. Moses said, I was the one that had these uh, presented unto me. And then we come down to this section, which I'm dealing with especially in the message itself. Then turn into chapter 6, please, chapter 6. And in chapter 6 we read, Now these are the commandments and statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes, and his commandments which I command thee for, and thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. And the whole sixth chapter, coming immediately after this great statement here in the fifth chapter where God says, You come with me, Moses, and I'll deliver these things to you, and you told them the children of Israel. The sixth chapter is filled with this. Now notice verse 17. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and his testimonies, and his statutes, which he hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Ye shall do that which is right and which is good in the sight of the Lord. Now that's just good Protestantism. That's all. 
What you do is being done in His sight. What you do is being done under His eyes. What you do is being done in His presence. And the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. And beloved, you can't hide from God. He knows exactly what your thoughts are. He knows exactly what you do with your money. He knows exactly how you make it. He knows exactly everything that's going on so far as your inner being and your inner soul is concerned. And the apostle is telling us that each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Paul said that. Moses said the same thing. As a matter of fact, anywhere you turn in the Bible, everywhere you turn, we are the people of God by faith having come into the fellowship of the true and the living God, having become the possessors of everlasting life, now we are to obey Him. Obey Him. Keep the commandments. Do the things that He's asked us to do in His service, that we might do that which is right in His sight, in the sight of the living God. Oh, beloved, when I get into Moses and I get into these great things, Everything vanishes. We're just in the presence of the Lord. The church doesn't become between you and the Lord. I don't become between you and the Lord. The politicians don't become between you and the Lord. The political powers don't come between you and the Lord. Nothing is between. Nothing stands between us and our accountability to our Creator and to our Redeemer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that makes you free men. And beloved, it's just as simple as that. You, you trust the Lord for salvation. You take the commandments of the Lord to obey Him so you can live. And then you stand up for freedom because you have to be able to serve Him as He guides you. And that's it. Just as simple as could be. That's where we stand. That's what we're working for. We want to be free so we can serve the Lord. We want to serve the Lord because we want to keep His commandments. We want to keep His commandments because He saved us. Because we're his children. The simplest child can understand that. And no wonder the Lord said, Except ye become as little children, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom. Except ye have the faith of a little child. A little child knows what it is to trust. A little child knows what it is to obey. Knows what it is to disobey. And we're just the children of the Lord, beloved, and he wants you and I to do exactly what Moses is telling us here that we're to do. Take his commandments. Honor them. Observe them. Follow them. Turn down that sixth chapter, will you please? Verse 24. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always. Now, beloved, I want to stop here just a moment. Somehow or other, the devil has been successful in making a lot of Christians think that if they do the commandments of the Lord, it's not going to be for their good. It's the strangest twist that the Satan has to give to you people. Well, I can't do that. That's not good for me. I can't follow that course. That would hurt me. Moses is saying that you are to observe the commandments of the Lord for your good. You're the one that's going to profit from this. You're the one that's going to get the benefit out of this. 
You're the one whose soul's going to be blessed out of this. You're the one who's going to be brought closer to the Lord out of all of this. You're the one that's going to get the good out of this. And don't you sit back and say, well, I don't know. I, maybe I better do it. The Lord says to do it. I'll go ahead. No, beloved, we love him and it's for our good that, he, that we do exactly what he tells us to do in our conduct and in all the relationships of life where we're called upon to give this blessed witness to Jesus Christ. Oh, we're a people under a book. We're a people bound to a law. We're a people who are related to a redeemer. We're a people who have been saved from our sins. We're a people who've been justified by all the righteousness of heaven. We're a people who've been washed in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And we keep the commandments of our God. We're an obedient people. That's all. Well, let's turn on over to a few more of these passages. Turn over to the 8th chapter. And begin along there about the... Well, let's start in the very first, first verse of the 8th chapter. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord thy God led thee forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments. And verse 11, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments in his, and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from thy house of bondage. Verse 18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. The Lord gives you the power to get your wealth. And then when you have this money, then you turn aside and you surfeit yourself with all these comforts and all these ease. And then you turn aside and you forget your God. And the way you forget him is by neglecting his commandments. That's the way you neglect him. And isn't it interesting all through the Bible it says the poor have the gospel preached to them? And isn't it interesting, even in our day, we say, here comes a young man, the young woman to get married, and they're active in the life of the church, and then he goes out and begins to succeed in the business world, begins to get nice property, moves into a nice big house, and everybody says he's success, but he doesn't go to church anymore. He's got mixed up in some of the social clubs, he's got to drinking cocktails, and got to living kind of high, and just as soon as you move into that area, beloved, that's the temptation, and Moses saw it in the book of Deuteronomy, it's just as clear as can be right there. Beware, beware. And when you do get...
get this wealth and you begin to prosper, remember that you not forget the Lord your God. He gave it to you to begin with. And the way you show your disobedience is by not obeying His commandments. I'm going to use two illustrations. Uh, this past week I flew down to Winston-Salem, North Carolina to be with our beloved brother uh, David R. Jones who's just come out of the Moravian Church. And uh, we had a tremendous experience there. It was just a delight to go into this, this young man's home. And uh, they've left everything. They've left the building. They've left the cemetery. They've left everything. And they're having a church in the basement. And his wife said, oh, she said we had to leave the manse. We got out of that. But she says, this is so much better than we ever had before. And she says, I want you to come down and see our little church. And so I went down in the basement. Just like your basement, it's full spread under the house. There's still some of these little vents that have the heat in them. And, you know, I never saw such a pretty church. They'd taken the end of the basement and put some curtains over it and put a green rug down and somebody got them a pulpit and somebody brought them an organ and they had the chairs all lined up here. They had a nice center aisle. They had hymn books on it. They had some draperies across here and they even had some little stuff covering these ducks. And I didn't know but what. Maybe I was in an airplane flying through the skies. They'd made a basement into a little church. And there they came now to worship God separated from this apostasy and... Talk about a witness. People say, if you stay in, you can have witness. The four bishops of the church issued a big pronouncement this week denouncing the fellow and saying the people should listen to them and to the church and not listen to this preacher who would separated and who was appealing to the Scriptures. And they went on to say that the Moravian church did believe the Bible to be the rule of faith. They left out the word infallible. They left out the word uh, inerrant. They left out those things. But they had a nice little statement and it was covered in the paper. And then I went on the radio the next morning. The radio station opened up and they said they'd put us on. And so I was on for an hour and 45 minutes on one of the big radio stations there in the town in an open discussion. And do you know what most of the discussion was about? Everybody in the town is talking about that Moravian preacher. And we had the people from the church that stayed in and they, they argued. They said, Dr. McIntyre, we're not going to leave. we got too many friends. We're not going to leave. We're going to stay in and fight. We're not going to leave. We can do more good by staying in than we can by going out. And all in the world I had to do was to say to obey is better than sacrifice. You go do all the sacrificing you want to do. You go and build up all the good you think you can do. But God says to obey me is better than all the sacrifices that you can offer. He said, I'm weary of your sacrifices. I don't want your burnt offerings. These vain oblations, they're a stench in my nostril. Get rid of these things. Come and obey me. You evidence that you're my people by obeying my commandments. And don't you have communion and have fellowship with unbelief and stay in an apostasy. You know, when I talk like that, they quit asking questions. They just didn't ask anymore. We got over on to other subjects like Billy Graham and a few other things they wanted to talk about in the public. You never saw the light, beloved. But you know the issue today with the Christian world? It's expediency versus obedience. 
It's you figuring out how you'd like to run this thing for what you think will be your good. Instead of you looking at the commands of a righteous and holy God as he's given them to us in the word of God and then saying, Lord, I'm going to go out and worship in a basement. I'll go with this group over here that's not going to be yoked up with unbelief any longer. And I'll take my stand on the basis of obedience. And beloved, the one word that the Christian world needs to hear today, those who profess Jesus Christ, is the word obedience. That's the word. And that's the word that you find in Moses. Oh, beloved, Jesus Christ said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom. And why callest thou me, Lord, Lord? What do you mean? Calling me, Lord, calling me, Lord, calling me, Lord. And you don't do the things that I say. If you're going to call me, Lord, you demonstrate that I am Lord by the things that you do. That's it. My second illustration is this beloved brother who's with us today, who's going to preach for us tonight in this great service. I asked him where he came from. He said he came from Philadelphia. I said, where'd you go to school? He said, I graduated from the West Philadelphia High School. I said, where'd you go to college? Well, he said, I went to Ursinus. I said, where'd you go to seminary? I went to Princeton, graduated in 1923. And, uh, well, I didn't have to ask him where he went. He went to Cameroon for 41 years. Well, who wants to go to the Cameroon for 41 years and bury your life out there in that dark place? Who wants to go out there and live in the midst of the poverty and the ruin that there is in that dark place? Would you kindly tell me who wants to waste his life like that? Oh, you can stay in America and look at television. Oh, my, it's comfortable. You get so comfortable that you don't even come to church on Sunday nights anymore. You get so interested with the knob turned on that you forget to turn on the preacher. Oh, it's a shame, beloved. But what did this man do? He went out there. A missionary, 41 years to carry the gospel to the Cameroon, to those people who didn't know Christ. And when I took him into the Sunday school today and he stood there in one of the groups, he said, uh, I said, well, why did you translate the Bible? This man's translated the whole Bible out of the original Hebrew, the original Greek, into their native tongue. And I said, how long did you take it to do it? He said, it took me 20 years to do it. But I said, why did you do it? Why did you waste your time translating this old book? They don't believe it anymore anyhow. Why do you want to waste your time over a book like that over in Africa? You know what his answer was? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to have the word of God. And the Sunday school teacher this morning asked the little tots, how many of you have your Bibles? And I saw a Sunday school in this church. I was so proud of it. Everybody held up their, their Bibles. Nobody held, had dirty hands. They just held up the Bibles. Sweetest little thing. They all held up their Bibles. And he said, you know, years ago, he said, somebody translated the Bible into English so you could have it. And now we all have it everywhere. Go out to Africa. Get a college education, get a seminary education, and go off over there into Africa and spend 41 years of your life, and 20 of those, one half of them, you have your nose in a book trying to translate the thing. Imagine spending your life like that. 
Ah, beloved Jesus, I said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And you go and you teach them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And he says, Lo, I'll go with you. I'll go before you. And I'll be with you even unto the very end of the age in which you live. And beloved, we are a people who follow Moses. We have commandments. We have a word. We have a Bible. We have a book. We have a faith that's born of this book. And we're here to believe that book and to do what that book says. Send out the missionaries. Send out the light. Carry the gospel to those who are without Christ. That they might be born into this glorious kingdom and have the fellowship of the redeemed throughout all the ages. Oh, beloved, I'm not interested in helping to build a great, powerful church, this great world organization. I already have the powerful Christ. And he says, all power in heaven's in my hand. And all I'm interested is staying under that hand and having the blessing of that hand upon our ministry and upon our church. I'm not interested in helping building some great organization that we're building today that's going to tell the governments of the world what's good for them. I'm interested in listening to the Spirit of God. He'll tell you what's good for you. And he'll speak to you out of the blessed scriptures. Well now when you build up this great emphasis upon obedience which you find in Moses let's turn back if you will please to these passages and let's notice one or two of these things that he's talking about this matter of obedience. He's, there's so many particulars here as you turn into these various passages of, of Deuteronomy and then this 14th chapter will you turn please to the 14th chapter for just a moment and uh, <laughs> It's in this 14th chapter that he says, verse 21, Ye shall not eat of anything that dieth of itself. Thou shalt give it unto the stranger, because thou art a holy people. And then it's in this same, same section here that he's telling us that we're not to eat the blood. Would you turn over to the 12th chapter? In the 12th chapter he says, in verse 23, Only be sure that thou eat not the blood, for the blood is the life and thou mayest not eat of the life of the flesh. Thou shalt not eat of it. Thou shalt pour it upon the earth as water. Thou shalt not eat of it, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, when thou shalt do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. No, we don't touch the blood. We don't eat the blood, because the life is in the blood, and it was the blood that was shed on the cross. It was the blood that was put over the lintels of the door place, pass over you. And we don't touch the blood. We're cleansed by it. We don't defile ourselves with the unclean things, because we're a holy people, and he's commanded us to be holy. Now, in that same connection, will you notice the 14th chapter, please, verse 22? Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth every year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of the corn, the tithe of the wine, the tithe of the oil, and so forth. Then verse 27, this whole section, And the Levite that is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him. And then turn back over a little further to this 12th chapter. In this 12th chapter, verse 17, Thou mayest not eat within the gate 
thy gate the tithe of thy corn, or of thy wine, or thy oil, of the firstfruits of thy herds, or of thy flocks, nor any of thy vows which thou vowest for thy freewill offerings, or heave offerings of thine hand. Yes, we've got commandments about the blood. We've got commandments about being unclean. And then he says, wait a minute. I've got some commandments here about your tithe. And every year, the first of the fruit, the first of the grain, the first of these things, you're to lay them aside, and you're not to eat them. Don't you eat that tithe. Don't you touch that tithe. You lay it aside. And then you bring it over here, bring it to the place where God's to put his name, bring it up to the Levites, they're the men in charge of this function. And then come in there, he says, and you can get some benefit of it. And if you bring your tithe into the storehouse, there'll be a preacher there to preach the word to you. If you bring your tithe into the storehouse, there'll be some instructions there for you to direct and order your life. If you bring what God's given you, the first fruits, the first increase, the first tithe, it's a matter of obedience. You bring it. And beloved, did you ever stop to think the benefits that we get from our own tithe? I haven't preached on that. Maybe I better preach a sermon on the benefits we get from our own tithe. You can't get any benefits at home. You have to forget about it there. You can't spend it. In fact, the Lord Moses tells you if you start borrowing from your tithe, the rate of interest is 20%. That's well figured out for you. But the first fruits belong to God. Don't you touch it. But you bring it into the sanctuary and you bring it to the Levite. And when you get it there, you're going to get some blessings out of it. Oh, when you get it there. It's going to support the missionaries. And they're going to come back after they get thrown out of the Cameroon and tell you what the Lord's doing. And you'll get a blessing. Oh, you'll see it go to support the whole work of God. And you'll just rejoice and you'll just praise God. And beloved, the greatest joy in your life ought to be the work of the Lord. The greatest delight in your soul ought to be the things that pertain to the house of God and the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moses says you bring it to the house of God and you get some benefits from it. You get some blessings from it. Oh, beloved, I want this congregation, I want you people today as you hear your pastor... Look at these commandments, look at your life, look at your practice, look at your purse, look at your bank account, look at your property, look whatever God put in your hand, and then listen to Moses and listen to these blessed commandments, and then let the Lord straighten things out in your life and in your ways, and oh, how it will be good for you. And you will see the gospel of Jesus Christ advanced and the cause of Christ, which is dear to us, extended here and soul saved and the testimonies kept true and pure for Jesus sake let us pray oh Lord our God we thank thee for this tremendous emphasis in Deuteronomy upon obedience and we know that obedience follows faith we know that obedience is an evidence of our good works we know that obedience is a manifestation of the love that's in our hearts for Christ. In his name we ask that this message shall work its work of power. For Christ's sake, amen. Amen.